This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Gemini. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. Some announcements. I have some really exciting things. So first of all, I redid the Coven of Rejects website. I hope that you guys absolutely love it. Just do me a favor and go on covenofrejects.com and just take a look at the website. Take a looky, looky, look around because I spent a lot of effort on that and I am so proud of how it turned out. I feel like every time that I edit the website or every time that I add changes into content and into my business, it's always looks a little bit more professional. You can tell that we've come just a little bit further on our journey. We're a little bit more aesthetically pleasing and it's been a huge goal of mine. So just go check it out. And then on Patreon, I have been asked by so many of you to start doing like lessons and courses on Patreon to start doing some more education. And so I am doing that. I started a, um, it's basics for tarot. And so I'm going to teach how to read tarot cards. And I'm starting at the very beginning, telling you how many cards are in a deck and what the different suits are. And then we're going to go into the meanings. And I also have been told that one of the biggest things for people learning tarot is that they cannot remember the meanings of cards, and it makes it difficult for um, you guys to learn. And so I'm going to be sharing some of the tips and tricks that I had when I was learning tarot to remember the differences in cards that I take with me um, every time that I read tarot, no matter what the deck energy is or anything. And then we'll go into how to add in intuition into your reading. It's going to be so fantastic. Um, And then also... I've been being asked about mentorship and doing one-on-one mentorship. And so I'm actually going to be opening up another tier on Patreon for mentorship where we can talk one-on-one and I can really help with what's going on in your personal journey. I do a very small version of that right now with my spiritual advice and guidance on my site. But I would love something where you don't have to go in and pay per appointment every time that you want to get guidance. You actually are just on a mentorship tier and you have my phone number and you can text me and we are one-on-one and I can help you with your daily life and the things that come up and consider it almost like life coaching but with a spiritual twist and that will be a new tier on Patreon that I hope to drop on October 1st. With all of that being said, I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's episode. I'm absolutely going to have to have this guest, Diana, back on because we just could not get enough information inside of one episode. And 
I just loved the combination of our energies together. There are a lot of similarities with our purpose and with what we want to do with our practice and how we want to educate and help other people. So please make sure that you go and follow Diana after this. If you have questions about rune readings, this is who I would recommend. It's the first um, person that is a avid rune worker that I've had on the podcast. So it feels like a big moment because I've been looking for somebody that works with ruins to come on the show. So with no further ado, here is Diana, a.k.a. Runes and Ravens. Hey, I'm so excited that we are getting to connect. Me too. So, so like sudden, out of nowhere. <laughs> I know. And um, Noelle, who is like, she's like a mediumship mentor for me, but like just a really good friend. Um, she called me and left a voicemail and she's like, you have to have her on your podcast. You guys like, you guys are just going to have the best time. I can't even. And then she called me back five minutes later and was like, did you reach out yet? I'm so confused on why you haven't already contacted her and made this happen. And, um, so here we are. Yeah, she came in. She was very gung ho. She told me about, uh, or she told me that she re reached out to you, and I was like, "All right." I'm like, "This is the best time." I'm actively going and looking to just kind of, you know, spread my name a little more. Again, um, I used to be on podcasts all the time, but for my writing, because um, I was a writer full time before, um, and it was a good way to just, you know, to really get the news out there. Or, you know, to really uh, share what I mean to share out there. So, um, it's kind of what I've been wanting to, to really jump into. So it was like perfect, perfect timing. Like divine timing. Absolutely. What are, what are some of the things that you are looking at getting into now? You said that you did writing before. So what kinds of things are you wanting to transition into now? Well, I've been, um, the writing stopped in 2018. Um, and in 2019, around the end of the year was when I jumped back into my psychic stuff. Um, cause I did this full-time before or not full-time before it was, um, just sort of like part-time on weekends and stuff. Um, and then I got sick when I was working for, um, when I was working outside of the home, um, and I was diagnosed with an autoimmune illness that kind of, you know, made it so I can't work outside of the house anymore. I have to, you know, always be somewhere where I could go lay down if I need to before, you know, I drop. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so I was like, I, I just know I was working so hard. And my husband was like, you know, if you took the, you know, even eight hours out of the, you know, 14 hours a day I was working um, and applied that to this other stuff that you're actually passionate about. He's like, I guarantee you're going to get at least paid the same amount, if not make more. And he was right. I was like, you know, with all the time and the energy that I was putting into that and, you know, being able to be home and see my kids and, you know, be mom, <laughs> you know, was, yeah. it was a big selling point for me. And so I went back to work with some of the psychic company um, or one of the psychic companies that I had worked for before or ran them. Um, I'm not with them now, but um it it started with, you know, getting back into the psychic stuff, which I've been doing this since I was 15 years old. I've been doing remote readings, but I'm focusing more on, um, I'm doing spiritual consultations now where I'm helping people from whatever background, whether they're deconstructing from Christianity or whether, you know, they're following their Hindu faith or, you know, wh whatever it is that they come from, 
whatever they're trying to achieve based on where they're coming from. It's just sort of like life coaching, but with the spiritual, you know, tone to it. And that's really what I'm, I I would like to devote more and more of my time to though. um, The readings are both life coaching and readings, um, which is what I also love doing. Um, It doesn't, you know, uh, I I don't really want to take away from doing that as well um, because it's still important to me because it's still, you know, helping people get from point A to point B. But I think that's really what the biggest thing for me is, is getting people more spiritual and finding ways to apply it in their lives so that they can live happier, fulfilling lives without having to make major changes. Are we the same person? I I don't know. (laughs) The whole time that you're talking, I'm like, like our, our purpose is the same. Listening to you, Mm -hmm. I just feel, I feel so connected to everything that you are wanting to do and what your purpose is with that and the way that you Mm -hmm. want to impact people. And I, something that I love that you said was, um, talking about regardless of what faith and background they're coming from and Mm -hmm. finding something that helps them that you, you use what they've been through and where they come from Mm -hmm. to help pave where they're going. And I think that that is such a, a crucial part of people's individual healing journey is having other people that accept and understand what they've gone through, especially when it comes to religiously Mm -hmm. and then helping them integrate spirituality. Because I think that there's, um, there's such this focus on like doing things a very specific way. And as humans, we judge ourselves based on other people on other people's spiritual journey And for somebody who feels like maybe coming from those backgrounds, they've always had to be boxed in. It's so freeing for them to Mm -hmm. have people that guide them and show them you can believe all the things that you were taught and still want to take on these new things and have people be okay with that. And we're just aligned. Exactly. That's exactly how I've always seen it. Um, I come from a super religious background myself and um, just being able to step out of the fear that I was raised in and recognize that there are other spiritual paths so I can still be spiritual because that's that's what I am it's always been who I am was this you know there it's just it's just part of you know like the DNA in me was always spiritual since I was little and when I left the church that I left it was kind of a very sad idea that wait a second does this mean I can't be spiritual anymore and I you know recognized over the years that no there are so many different ways to be spiritual and there's an answer for whatever path you come from to be spiritual depending you know I mean there's no depending to be spiritual period (laughs) there's no stopping anybody from whatever background they're from if they are moving towards spirituality but it's funny. I told my husband um, about you and I was like, yeah, I'm like, we're kind of the same <laughs> Like just, just from looking at your TikToks and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to describe her besides we're kind of the same. <laughs> we we're kind of like yeah. the same name, the same hair. Well, I mean, yours is brighter. Your hair, your red is brighter than mine. But <laughs> we have the same name. We mm-hmm. have similar journeys. And I, I think that it's so funny too, because Noelle didn't, she just said that we would vibe, but that's Mm -hmm. kind of all that she said about it. And so 
it's funny now that we're getting together and I'm like, oh, so she recommended it because we're the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what religion were you raised in? Um, Romanian Pentecostal. What is is that? A little different. It's, um, I was raised in a Pentecostal community, um, a Romanian one in America. So I was raised in Arizona, but in the box. Um, have, if you've ever seen, um, the village by M night Shyamalan, yes. very similar. It's one of my <laughs> the, favorite movies actually. Yeah. It's a good movie, but when you start really recognizing, wait a second, this is like the mentality that they use to run this community. It's, Holy it's shit. pretty twisted. <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't, you know, down to, um, the extremes of, you know, there's monsters. It's, it was more of there's Americans watch out for the Americans. And it's like, you're in America. You chose this country. Why are you like threatening us that the Americans are going to get us if you chose this country? (laughs) But, um, I could imagine though, on like, just like an immigrant perspective, I could totally mm -hmm. imagine having to move somewhere to have a better life and then feeling like, none of the people there are care about your best interest. They just Mm -hmm. let you in so you can pay taxes. And like, I I can imagine how that must feel on like their end, but also at the same time, they're fueling that towards children with religion as well. (laughs) So yeah. And they, they um, escaped Romanian communism. Uh, Back then, Romania was under communist um, reign. So it was, it was pretty bad. And they had religious, um, uh, like oppression over there. And that was one of the things they was, they were trying to escape so that they could have freedom of religion. Um, but this community was, um, it, it's still going, um, and it's run by my uncle. He's the big kahuna and they, this community is not just in Arizona. It's all over the U S they have hundreds of churches in the U S um, in Canada and Ireland everywhere. They are everywhere. <laughs> and, um, they very much have an agenda. And so it, it was a cult. It was not just, I mean, when you hear people say, oh yeah, churches are a cult. Yeah. But this was a cult. <laughs> this was... Hey, like what, like, tell me, I want, I love cults. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's I mean, it's I fun when you're cults, out of it to look know. at it, but the That's way, I mean, mean, um, the whole, you know, like the, uh, the women are property, you know, that was definitely a big aspect there. The way that they raise the kids, um, you're, you know, first you speak only Romanian until you go to school. So, you know, Romanian was, Romanian was my first language until I started school. Um, and, uh, you know, I actually went to public school because my, both my parents had to work full time because yeah, they were immigrants with five kids. And, um, so I got a little taste of the real world, but a lot of the kids that I knew were not really going to public school or their parents were a lot, you know, um, more present in the house and, you know, kind of stricter about things. But the way kids are raised, um, like, you know, this whole, like, uh, you know, be a kid, you know, make sure you're, um, you know, reading your Bible, make sure you're, you know, they have their rules that they set for you um, up until you become, uh, until you're like 12, 13 years old, then they start sending you to like youth nights, um, where, you know, they slowly over the years, you know, of you being there, start, you know, integrating the idea of getting married, of having kids. Mm And um, and then when you youth night, yeah. That's yeah, when those... I used to say that I was going to youth night with my friend so that I could sneak away with her older brother and like go like make out at like the elementary school down the road and then we'd walk back and I'd be like mom church was great uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> Snap. does she know this now <laughs> oh she totally does 
I'm pretty sure that she knew then, but my mom was a G and she was just kind of like, eh, you're trying to be sneaky about it. So whatever. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> we, we, we had a lot of, um, this whole lockdown mentality of, um, you know, kids were always at church. There was never anything like if there was some sort of holiday in America, they would have a get together at church to make sure that the kids were not anywhere else, that we weren't going off, you know, to go celebrate whatever holiday it is with the Americans. Um, it was just a lot of, um, you know, any time, anything after school, anything extra was always, you know, I'll bring you to church, bring you to church. So we went to church on Sundays, twice a day. We had the morning service and the evening service. Um, Monday was probably the only day off. Tuesday was a youth night. Wednesday was a youth night. Thursday was a church service. Friday was prayer night. Saturday was girls choir practice, which was at church and then back to Sunday. So it was like, you were always at church and they were always just pounding the idea of hell and, you know, following the Bible. And, um, you know, occasionally they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I saw you crying in church when you were praying. Oh, wasn't, didn't you just feel joy in your heart? But then you're like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) It's like, it's like, that's the only time they talk about joy in the heart is, oh, the Holy Spirit must be with you. You must be feeling so much joy in your heart, but everything else is just about hell and hellfire and, you know, being sinners and whatnot. Um, but, uh, no, they do the whole, you know, women are property. Um, the girls start being groomed, um, you know, right around like 15, 16 is when it gets a little more intense. Um, you know, you're not allowed to be a kid anymore. You're not allowed to be goofy, you know, doing goofy things. You have to dress, you know, um, more, you know, elegant ladylike. Um, then by 18, okay. You're not allowed to date. Also, you're not allowed to date till you turn 18, but you have to be married at 18. So that was like the big, (laughs) the big thing was like, wait, so we're not allowed to date, but by 18, we're supposed to be married. Like how, how does that work? But they marry off the young, they marry off the girls by like 17, 18 to older men who already have, you know, jobs and businesses and whatever. Um, And with me, I mean, it happened with me too, but being immersed in that culture, you don't You were married off to an older man? I was married at 18 to a 25 year old who already had- Was it like arranged? Like they picked it out? No, no. I met, I met him. But the fact that they like, nobody fought me on it. Nobody was like, cause like in my, in my mind, you know, I was 17, he was 24 when we met and just this, like, it was just, it was what we did. It's what was expected, you know? And, um, I had a friend in high school who was 17, married and pregnant in high school. So, you know, walking around with this, you know, belly and I'm like, um, it it was just accepted. It was expected, not just accepted, but expected. It's the Um, thought mentality, religion or not, where you raise your daughters and say, your only purpose is going to be to have children and be somebody's Mm -hmm. wife. And you don't deserve to have a different life and figure anything out. So while you're young, before you've had the chance to even try and become a different person, Mm-hmm. This is going to be your role. Go and find it. And that's why yeah. nobody stopped you is because, oh my, you're living your purpose. Exactly. And that's a lot of the, you know, conversations was, you know, a lot of, you know, when you get married, this is what it's going to be like. This is going to be, you know, what you fulfill and you're going to have kids and it's going to be such a blessing and you're going to serve your husband and it's going to be such a blessing. And then you get married. And then if you end up with an abusive person, you're screwed. There is no other, you know, there's no help. There's no nothing. It's, oh, well, this is just the cross, you know, you've been given to bear. 
Oh, well, you must not be, you know, offering yourself to him enough. Oh, well, you know, you must be doing something wrong if he's upset with you. Um, you must be doing something wrong if this, like, it's always the woman's fault. And so anytime, you know, when things, you know, I recognized by two months after I got married that there was something wrong, <laughs> that this was not, you know, it, it wasn't what I was raised to believe what a marriage was going to be like, you know, and, um, but there was nothing to be done about it. And then when you start talking to other women in the church and you're trying to have some, you know, solidarity or something, you know, some kind of, you know, somebody to talk to, it's just a lot of everybody, you know, shutting their ears and being like, nope, 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 that's not, you know, we're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about the kids instead. Let's talk about the good things, you know, oh, let's talk about, you know, uh, you know, what, what are your problems that are keeping you from offering yourself to your husband more, you know, let's solve that instead. And it's like, didn't like you not offer yourself anything? to your husband more is in like sleep with him more often. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's figure out what's wrong with you so that you can have more <laughs> sex with your husband. Yeah. And then he won't hit you and then he won't call you names and then he'll, he won't go after the kids. And it, it's just, oh, it's always I... on the, that's what drove me the craziest, I think. And watching women who would come to church with black eyes and who would be, you know, watching kids who would come to school to um, come to church with bruises all over. And then they would tell like one of their friends what actually happened. And then, you know, Romanians talk. That's all they do is talk. <laughs> so it would get all over about what actually happened, but nobody would do anything about it. Nobody would. What? Not care. even within your little community, in your little village. Nobody's going to be like, hey, Larry, nope. touch Mickey again. I'm going to pounce on you. Nope. They don't care. They're just like, oh, well, they should, they must have done something wrong. Or, oh, well, the man's not happy about something. Something must have, something must have set him off. Oh, well, I just want to slap every broad in this community and be like, we can go, you can do better. Okay. So how did you unpack your brainwashing so that you could find you're married off at 18 to homeboy? Did you guys have a baby? We had several, we have four together. Oh, you're and... still together? No, we're not together. No, oh. I meant had, <laughs> oh, we had okay. four. I was like, damn, you made no. lemonade. <laughs> no, I could not. I, I would not have served. I literally would not have survived if I stayed and not because he was physical. Um, it was more of the mental and emotional stuff that was yeah. going on. And with me as a very empathic, very self-aware person, um, it, it really, it messed me up. It's the, so it's the reason that I have autoimmune illnesses now is because of all the, the levels of stress and anxiety and fear that I carried for so long. And, um, but I had always, I, I always had people asking me like, why, why didn't you get indoctrinated like everybody else? And I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. I've been spiritual since I was little. Like I said, I started having visions at seven years old where I would actually get up and I would see things happening in the room that I would go and follow them and find things about, you know, about life, about what was actually going on. Like I would learn things about people based on what visions I was having sitting in church. And I would recognize who's a liar. And I would recognize who's putting on this mask to be this preacher or whatever. By the time I was like 10 years old. And I was, I was just always self, I was always aware of that other side to everything that there was something like the, the church was not spiritual. It was very traditional. It followed its cultures and its traditions, but it was not spiritual. The only thing that they pressed and pressed was read your Bible, live by the Bible, 
um, be owned by the Bible and then be owned by the men in your lives of me, you know, being a woman. But um, it was just from the very beginning, I just, it didn't ever really sink in that deep that, oh, this is the only truth. This is the only way, because I was being shown things by something, someone on the other side, that there's more to it, that this is not everything. This And I had to, at one point, um, just because again, you know, I'm a super empathic person and I cared a lot about my family and I wanted to live up to expectations. And so I didn't, I, I didn't fight it. When I turned 17, I remember throwing away all of my secret, you know, Oracle cards and all of my books and everything being like, you know what, I'm putting all this away. Cause I was secretly practicing and secretly learning about other cultures and other, um, you know, parts of the world, other religions to make sense of what I was experiencing through, since I was like 12, I started like stocking up on things and I had a drawer that I would pull out and all my stuff would be under it <laughs> after that drawer. But, um, so I was always studying and I was always looking into these things. But, um, when I was 17, I threw everything away and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do what I'm expected to do. I'm going to put all this aside. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids and I'm just going to make my family happy. And um, it wasn't until things got really bad. I was with them for 11 years. And when it got to the point where I was like, it was a quote uh, by Buddha um, that, I, that came across um, my social media at one point where it said, uh, the trouble is you think you have time. And that's when I realized that up until then, I had years and years where I was literally just counting down the days to my death. Like, how long is it going to take me to die? Because this is an awful, awful way to live. I wasn't allowed to have a personality. I wasn't allowed to have hobbies. I couldn't be my own person. I belonged to my husband, to the family. And when I didn't belong to him, then I belonged to the church. Like, it, there was no sense of me and if I showed any part of me it was like a shock to people like oh my god this woman is saying this she's standing up and doing something oh she's acting differently oh my god she's reading twilight like that was the big like bad thing at church for the for years was that I read twilight but um really oh yeah it's oh, written it by a mormon <laughs> well don't tell them that they're not gonna listen to anything <laughs> okay but um and then even after I pushed everything away, it was still, you know, I was still having dreams. I was having um, the prophetic dreams. And um, I think it was like in my 20s when I found out that my grandparents were both prophets, but very respected prophets. And I'm like, so because I had gone to help when I was younger um, about the things that I was experiencing because I was like, oh, I asked the church for help for this, you know, and so your parents are prophets and nobody's like, oh, hey, you've got gifts. No, no, they, they looked at me, they, I was immediately, you know, deemed as somebody who was talking to demons or somebody who was, uh, you know, that the, the devil was the one that was giving me this information. I'm like, when I found out about my grandparents and I'm like, wait a second, like, why were they so respected for it? And it's, and you guys all shut me down and you gossiped and you spread, like, I couldn't have friends anymore for the longest time because people didn't want their kids around me. Like, like how, how did that happen if That's this is awful. in our family? But, um, and you know, when I was like, I was in my twenties, so I had already had a couple kids by then. And it was just kind of like a, well, what the heck? Why did I put all my stuff aside then? Why am I pretending this is not a part of me anymore? Um, even when I was, you know, the, the dreams continued as much as I threw stuff away, you know, the more occult stuff, um, 
I tried to just focus on, you know, being that, you know, Christian wife and mother and, you know, being, I did try to sneak in a lot of writing time. That's the most sinful thing, I guess, that I did was put a lot of writing time um, on the side. So, you know, because I was a stay-at-home mom, as all of us moms were in that community. And, um, you know, my then husband would go to work and, you know, I'd do whatever I did, but then I would try to get time in to write. The kids went to nap, I was writing. Um, You know, I if he went to work early, I'd be up early. The kids would still be asleep. I would start writing. Like that was my one thing that I kept where I was like, this is me, this is mine. And nobody gets to take this away from me. But, um, when I realized that, you know, this was something in the family with all the, you know, spiritual stuff, I was like, you know what, hold on, (laughs) like, let me, let me pay attention to this again and see how evil is this really, how terrible is this really? Um, but when it came to really like unpacking things, there wasn't a whole lot of unpacking because I had been unpacking since I was 10 years old, um, and recognizing when somebody was just manipulating the way that I was thinking or trying to force a belief on me and, um, using fear or using whatever, just to try to get into that part of my brain, but that part of my brain was already working very young. So I was just like, yeah, that's douchey. (laughs) Like, why, why are you talking to us children like that? But then none of my friends were like catching it either. So I was always like, don't you realize, (laughs) don't you see? You said it's douchey. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, How did you get into ruins after you were starting to start practicing your spirituality? Because first of all, you're the, I got a rune reading from you on live. You did three for me. And it was, I've never had a rune reading before. I thought that it was really cool. It was so, it was so interesting to see somebody doing live readings that aren't Reiki healing or tarot. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I would love to know your journey with that. Oh yeah. That actually didn't start until almost four years ago. Um, so that's definitely not where it started. <laughs> I, you know, was always drawn to different cultures, to different belief systems, learning about Buddhism and Hinduism and um, just everything else that I could find. A lot of Celtic mythology was really where I started when it came to um, uh, to the further away, um, you know, types of witchcraft. Um, I had never really called myself a witch. Um, I was always called witch by the community, by other people within the community. Um, but, um, I'm just kind of embracing that title now just to kind of piss them off. Um, (laughs) but, um, but when it came to runes, it was, um, very much the same way. I started with Celtic where, um, I would start like, yeah, I have visions a lot. I'm a seer. So, you know, it's ever since I was little was visions is like my source of information, um, cryptic ideas and symbols and whatever. And, um, with, um, with the runes, it started with, um, I, I take classes in this university of metaphysical sciences and some of their assignments have to do with meditation. And, um, there was a particular meditation. I don't even remember what the subject was, what the topic of that meditation or that assignment was, but I know that during the meditation, I started seeing like symbols and I was like, that's, that's weird. And I, I would always have a notebook with me and I, I drew whatever the symbol was. Mm -hmm. Um, and then over the next few days, I would just see these other symbols just in the trees, in the grass, in the dirt, like just as I'm going, you know, like lines on the street, you know, or cracks on the street made in this weird shape. And I'm like, I started realizing that they're all kind of similar, um, symbols. 
And um, the one from the vision from, from the meditation was the most, um, the one that stood out the most to me. And I went and I drew it on one of those like online things where you draw a symbol and it like scours the internet to find that symbol. Um, I used one of those and then it led me to uh, the the helm of terror, the helm of awe. It's like the round, it's it's like a circle and it has these staves that come off of it. Yes, um, yes. It's, yeah, it's very, very well known in the Norse communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those staves was what I was seeing. And um, that kind of led me down into Norse mythology. I really didn't know anything about Norse mythology um, at that time. And then I was talking to a friend of mine who um, he does, he's in the whole healing, you know, Reiki healing. He does um, all sorts of, I can't even remember what it's called, the stuff that he does. He does more like in-depth healing work. I don't do as much healing work as I do like life path stuff. Um, Does he do like shamanism? Yes. Thank you. There you go. (laughs) And um, couldn't think of the word. And I was talking to him and he had said something about all his uh, pantheon of gods and how, you know, he's like, I was praying to them and, you know, this and this and this. And that kind of got me to think, I was like, I haven't prayed to anybody since I've prayed to God when I was in church. And um, I'm a huge believer of manifestation. I've manifested my whole life, even when I was a Christian. And um, by then I I already put two and two together of prayer and meditation and Mm -hmm. manifesting and how, you know, similar they really are. And so I was sitting there, I was like, man, maybe I need to get back to like manifesting and using like meditation. And I'm like, this whole like Norse thing is really crossing my path a lot. I'm like, maybe I'm supposed to like reach out to one of those deities or something. And um, so after I finished that chat with um, with my friend, I kind of sat down, I was, I sat back and I was in um, my office, at our, it was our old house. And I remember sitting down, and I looked up at the, out the window, the window was like right there. And I was like, in my head, and I felt silly because I hadn't prayed for so long. I hadn't like reached out to anything bigger than me in that way, like in the form of a prayer for years. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just remember saying something like, Odin, like if you can hear me, if, if you're really there, like give me a sign, give me some sign that this is the direction I should be going. Um, and um, I had said, I was like me at that time, we were having a lot of financial struggles. I had been in the hospital at that time with meningitis and I was, I was so sick (laughs) and, um, I was sitting there. I was like, we really need some help right now. Um, and as soon as I said, um, as soon as I like finished saying whatever I was saying in my head, I saw three vultures come into the sky and the, in like right in, like there's a tree that was by the house. So it wasn't like I had a huge view or anything, but it was right where I did have view. There were three vultures that circled three times and then left. And I was like, that was strange. <laughs> like, what, what is that supposed to mean? So I yeah. sat there and I just kind of went, you know, I, I did do some research to see if there was any connection of Odin to vultures, which there isn't. But um, I was like that, I'm going to take it as a sign. It's got to mean something. Um, And then uh, I just kind of let that go for the day. But then that night was the beginning of three nights where Odin showed himself to me in three different forms, like night after night for three nights, which doesn't happen to me. Like I'll pick up things um, in my dreams, like uh, natural disasters or, you know, deaths or, you know, like chaotic, like emotionally chaotic things that are coming up or something, um, you know, or if somebody else is having a big problem in their family or something. Um, but not like this, like the first night was um, where I was standing on a riverbank. And th- so there's the river and then there was like a mountain across the way. 
with like the face of a mountain, almost like it was carved. So it was just stone. Um, it was like the face of a like stone mountain there. And it was like drawn, like sort of like cave drawings of, um, of Odin and, uh, yes. you know, with the eye patch and, you know, like his hair out and everything. And I was like, that's interesting. Like there was a bunch of people around me and it, I wasn't paying attention to them. I was just looking at that, you know, at the scenery playing in front of me. Then the next night it was um, him showing me as he is seen in a modern day, like, uh, or no, 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 no. The second night was like um, the way we see him in like movies like Vikings and, you know, the way that they portray yeah. him in, like, old Norse ways. Um, and then the third night was him showing me as uh, people as like more modern, just dressed in like, you know, more modern clothes, but sitting on a chair, you know, and still with the patch and the ravens and everything. And when I woke up, I was like, something is up. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. Three nights in a row for, for this to happen. Um, and, and I was for you like, to recognize that that's who you're seeing. Um, I immediately recognized because, um, I had, uh, because of, you know, the, the prayer from that, that day. And I mean, I knew who I was reaching out to because by then I had done a little bit of research on the runes and stuff. And, gotcha. um, so, uh, then I was like, I, my husband was working upstairs. I texted him. I'm like, I think I need runes. And I'm like, something's, something's tough. Like I, I need runes. Something's going on. And, um, he's like, all right, let's go get some. He's like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm done with, you know, this, whatever, whatever he was working on. And I was like, oh, all right, let's go. And so we were looking for a local metaphysical shop and we went to two and the second one, um, it was like this big wicker basket it was like three feet tall. And it was just full of velvet bags, full of runes. And, um, I was going through them and I was like, no, these aren't the ones. And he's like, do you know which ones you want? And I'm like, I, I didn't, I'm like, I didn't look at them. I didn't look for them. I'm like, I just feel like they're going to be the same color and the same size. I'm like, and I think they're blue. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know why I think they're blue and the, they're, um, they're all the same size and shape. And, um, cause the ones we were looking at were like different, like round stones, you know, that were like just rocks. Mm -hmm. And, um, so then right as I said it, I reached down to the bottom of the basket and I pull out a random one and then I find it's these ones, these blue, and they're all the same color and they're all the same size. And yes. And I was like, these are the ones. <laughs> and um they were more expensive than I wanted. Um, because everything that I, you know, I, I don't know, I was thinking, you know, like how decks of cards, some of them are like $12, $14 or something, you know, and I was thinking like, oh, these are going to be cheap. And they were like $33 or something. And so I was making kind of a stink about it. And I was like, I don't know if I want to spend that much on runes. And um, then my husband's like, these are the ones that you, you know, were saying you you were waiting to find or you were looking for. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, all right, fine. So we went and bought them. And within two weeks, it was like they imprinted on my mind. Like I just immediately was able to remember each one and to remember what, you know, different things they could be connected to. And um, the readings became really intuitive. So it wasn't just this rune means this. It was, okay, this rune is really, you know, looking at this part of your life for this reason, you know, and this is the message that goes with that. Um, but then um, right around that same time, I had another situation where I was sitting at my desk again and um, I was like, you know what? I got Odin's attention. Let's try Freya. <laughs> like, let's see, let's see what we could do here. And um, I had done basically the same thing, you know, and asked Freya for help. I was like, Freya is the one, you know, that has to do with, um, uh, you know, sort of like that, you know, the woman kind of taking control, kind of powerful, you know, homey kind of um, 
you know, mother, wife, warrior type of um, energy. And I don't know what it was. I was like, you know, I just thought, you know, if there's going to be a deity out there that could help us with our financial stuff, like it's, it's going to be her. Um, Cause I'm like, my only reason for asking for help was that I, you know, I was like, we need help so that I could continue to stay home and take care of my kids. Yeah. And, you know, to, it was always like when I manifest, I always say the reason of what I'm asking for. Um, and um, I make sure, you know, that I'm like, I don't, I never manifest things just for a selfish reason, just because, oh, well, I just want it, you know, like, no, this is for the sake of my kids, for their, you know, for their ability to have me home and for me to be able to take care of them. And um, it was about two weeks later, and I had forgotten about this whole thing. Um, when I was like, I was dealing with the hospital again with just the bills and stuff, because um, again, I was in the hospital for meningitis and that's nights at the hospital and the medication and, you know, IVs and everything. It was, it was a lot. And um, so we could not pay all that off. And uh, so I was just fighting with them all the time. They're always, you know, sending me to um, collections and, you know, threatening and whatever. And I finally called one time and um, I was, you know, I was like, I just, I just need to see what's the number now. Like, I think I could make a payment, you know, a, a small payment today just to add something to it. So you guys can see, I'm still paying it. And the lady's going through and she's like, what was your name again? And gave her my name again. She's like, can you spell that? <laughs> it's pretty easy, but okay. <laughs> you know, she's like, what's your birth date? She's like, I'll, I'll try to find you with the birth date. And I'm like, find me. Like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, you're not in the system. She's like, you're, there's, you're not even showing that you were, that you owe anything. There's nothing here about what you owe. And I'm like, just kind of quiet. And I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, honey, I wouldn't even ask questions. Just, just let it go. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to just go with it. You know, it's, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. Like, just leave it alone. Don't be asking questions. Don't go making any calls. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, Oh my God. Cause that was like $25,000. <laughs> like that was sitting there. Holy fucking it was, it was a lot. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, thank you. And she's like, honey, she's like, if you're crying, I understand. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm no, like, that's a huge, I, I wow. was, and it was like, there was no sign for like what, what caused it, you know? So that whole day I was just like, what the heck, what happened? And um, that evening I went, you know, and my husband and I in the evenings, we would go and sit out on the back, um, the back porch and just sit there and, you know, we'd look at the stars and, you know, just, you know, be sipping on something and just kind of hanging out for the evening talking. And um, this time we went out a little earlier than, um, than the evening. So it wasn't evening yet. It was still sunny outside. And I was just sitting there and he's like, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out what happened. Like how, like, I hope I'm not going to have somebody calling me and being like, you never paid, you know, like arresting me for fraud or something like this, right? Is, you know, like I'm kind of scared now. And, um, I was sitting there and then I heard something to my left and I look over and maybe like, I don't know, 25, 30 feet away, there was a Falcon in the tree, um, in our tree on our, in our backyard. And I was sitting there and it was just like looking at me and I just kind of looked at it and I was in my head, I was like, hi, <laughs> like, that's, you know, like, that's kind of close for a falcon just be sitting there staring at me. And I was like, I suddenly remembered that time that I had asked Freya for help. And I was like, I wonder if Freya has anything to do with falcons. And I went and I Googled it while I was sitting there. And um, there's this, you know, Norse, you know, part of their beliefs that Freya has um, uh, falcon wings in her cloak. 
and that she could take on the form of a falcon when she goes to watch over the people that she's watching over and I just I just started like choking up right there and I was like oh my god and I was like thank you thank you thank you <laughs> like holy crap and wow. that just kind of you know I just kept saying I was like you know what I'm just I'm gonna go with this I'm going you know runes clearly are the ones that are you know the most accurate for me and the ones that are you know guiding me in a serious direction where I'm growing spiritually and I'm able to help people more with them than I ever could with cards and I was like this is this is what I'm doing this is where I'm going and I, I haven't left them since they're my main tool now I'll still use cards and readings and stuff but the runes are usually my my go-to and it's kind of how I talk like when I'm like sitting here and I'm just like frustrated about something or um having a conversation with somebody on the phone and I'm like are they being honest like and I'm like I'm sitting there thinking like okay what what are they really trying to get at what's their actual problem and then I'll be like oh <laughs> like, you're so funny I literally have I will go and I'll shuffle cards if I get off of a call and I'm like that felt really weird and then I'll pull it and I'll be like oh you were being fucking shady okay cool yeah. like we <laughs> it's just like this constant connection to to the other side there to source and I mean, I've always been that way, even, you know, when I was younger, if there was somebody talking to me and I felt like something was off, I'd just ask in my head and just be like, hold on. Am I really feeling something like, is there something really off here? Um, and I would just feel the answer, but it's like with this, I mean, people, you know, they don't want a reading from somebody. Um, a lot of times just telling them things. It's like when you have something you can show and be like, this is what this is. Then they're like, whoa. And you know, they, it's like, they don't want to accept the words of just another person. They want it to come from some object that, you know, means something to them. And so I think that's kind of why I was pushed towards using them um, was just to make sure that, you know, I was getting to a place where people were listening and I was able to help people in a way that was honestly helping them and, you know, leaving a mark there in a positive way. You have a similar reading style when you read runes as I do when I do cards where I like to tell people up front what this card or genuine generally represents mm -hmm. like, you know, the death card for you in this situation is like ending old cycles and whatever, like mm -hmm. that's what this card means. And then intuitively applying it into what is being felt for them individually and how that's correlating with the other cards that have had energy. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed that. And that's what I connected with so much with your rune reading was you right off the bat were like, this represents, you know, this being a pillar of foundation and like a house mm -hmm. of strength. And when it's off to the side, it means this. And since you have these other ones, meaning this, this is how this applies. And I loved that because there was specifics out of your description of what the general meaning is that mm -hmm. I was able to take in and apply in different ways in different subjects but then also get this in-depth reading on just the particular topic you brought up. And so yeah. you, you with that is you do what your passion is with wanting to um, like guide people and help them mm -hmm. is with your reading. I feel like you're doing the same thing where you're saying like, and this is what you should be doing, but also all of these other things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's like trying to make sure that they, I'm trying to, I guess, provide the full picture for them instead of just, 
hyper-focusing on a little aspect of something and being like, well, here's that little thing, but yes. here's how it's going to affect the bigger picture. This is how this is really going to, uh, to matter in the end, rather than just, you know, well, this little part of your life, let's, you know, just focus on this little aspect here, unless they very specifically tell me, hey, can we just do, you know, a reading just on this, then, you know, that's why I always ask, I'm like, do you have a topic or a question? And then I'll make it specific to that. Otherwise, we stick to the full picture so that, you know, they can see all the moving pieces. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. Um, and I, I think that there's so much about your journey that like we didn't even get to tap into because you, we, we lost huge chunks of being raised that way. And like Mm -hmm. just your, the things that you experienced because now you have a new marriage and we didn't get into that. So I feel like I'm definitely going to want to have you back in the future Mm -hmm. to like, just dive more into things with your past. Um, But is there anything in this episode that you would want people to like know about you or that you want to share about yourself or anything that comes up to you? Oh, oh, I don't know. I, (laughs) I mean, most of everything that I do is really just, um, for, I think the sake of helping people recognize that, you know, if they're feeling crazy or if they're having experiences that feels like they're pulling them to something, it's like, follow through, follow that, follow that feeling. Don't let yourself feel crazy there. The world is crazy. We're just sort of kind of marked off or, you know, masked in a way from the actual craziness of things so that we, um, you know, just kind of conform to things. Um, and people don't want us to, you know, look at, you know, our deepest parts of ourselves because that's going to, you know, make us recognize that we don't have to go and buy everything to make us happy. Everything, you know, to make us happy is inside of us. And that is, you know, it, it really just comes to perspective and stepping out of the perspective that we're taught to have. And that is what my work is all about. Um, and so, you know, I'll, you know, I'm on TikTok like every evening doing, um, you know, the free polls and then uh, I'm doing more of like the donation, want donation based ones too, because we have family crisis going on right now that we're trying to, you know, raise money to help us out of the situation. Um, but, you know, I try to make sure that I do a lot of the free stuff because I very much, I, I, I like to follow the idea um, or the concept of um, that I learned about Odin um, in that he, you know, was the one that received the knowledge of the runes and he would wander the world and teach them to man because he had this idea that, uh, you know, the runes aren't just for the gods. Everybody is worthy of having knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And that's very much how I see life in general. Everybody is, uh, is worthy of having that spiritual connection that is going to give them that happiness. There's nobody in this world that's better than the next person or deserves more deserves more happiness or peace or whatever. It's like, if, if I can give something for free, I'm going to give something for free. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have things set aside where, you know, if you want me to spend eight hours, you know, going into an in-depth reading for you, then yeah, I'll do that. And, you know, I'll have stuff like that, you know, uh, paid for or something, but I'm always trying to just provide content information, share stories, share experiences that are going to help people recognize that there's there's no reason that you know that you can't have the happiness that you know that that you daydream about like we we all have that but we're just in such a 
limiting world that blocks us off so much. And it, it really drives me crazy <laughs> to see how much we don't allow ourselves to um, really embrace what makes us us because it's not, you know, it doesn't meet the criteria of social expectations or whatever. But um, so if there's ever like um, a question or any sort of, you know, wait a second, this is, you know, an experience I'm having, you know, and I don't know what to do with this. There's all sorts of different places to reach out. And, you know, I'm going to try to respond to anything that comes in. So it's just sort of like, I just want to kind of be there and help people open their eyes and, you know, be recognized that what they're seeing isn't crazy. It's not, it's not a lie. Spirituality is just, it's deep and it's just not what we've been really allowed to see for most of our lives. Yeah, I agree. And there aren't enough people doing what you're doing with wanting to provide that with people and come from um, a spot with having those genuine intentions and wanting to be a safe place for everybody. And mm -hmm. I vibe with that. So I'm really happy that we got to connect. Um, I will have, I always encourage everybody that listens to follow the guest to follow you. Um, I will link all of the ways that they can get in touch with you in the description of the episode. And that way, like you said, you know, you want to respond to people and get back in touch and whatnot. I want to um, make sure that they have all the avenues that they can have to reach out to you. Mm -hmm. And so I'll get those from you. And you, um, like I said, I have to have you come back. And then we also, I feel like we should do something for Patreon together mm -hmm. um, because I just feel like our vision for what we want to do for people is so aligned that I would, I would just love to figure out how I could do something with you on that. And yeah. I think that would be really fucking amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm up for it. I'm, I'm all for, you know, finding people that, you know, we have, you know, mutual understanding of what it is that we're going for and finding ways to support each other, to make sure, you know, we're both growing and catching the eyes of people that we can help. Exactly. I also, um, I'm gonna, uh, write you a message as soon as we end this, but mm -hmm. I really want to have you on, um, my manifestation and elevation podcast that I have with my best friend. It's called okay. like it, like a lollipop, but like, I would love to talk with you about the ways that you do manifest things and, mm -hmm. um, what you're using your, um, empathic gifts for and how you're elevating the collective that way and I love that you donate your energy with like free readings and helping people in that way and I do believe that it always comes back to you full circle mm -hmm. and I've been doing I call them flash readings but I've been doing these super quick like five card pulls on topics Mm -hmm. and rotating them because I, I recognized what you did where I'm like, there is this need for people to be able to get understanding that can't necessarily afford full services, mm -hmm. yeah. but that still need that help. And for you, I love that you can donate that energy and that you, that you feel fulfilled in other ways by doing that. Um, for every time I've tried to do something completely free, I, I personally, I don't feel like my, I don't like my energy being tapped in that way. I always mm -hmm. leave it feeling like even something positive always happens out of it in the long run. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I can understand where it came from. But in the moment, I always feel like 
dang, like it was only because it was free. Like nobody like mm-hmm. invested energy back in me. And I can't, that's something that I work on with healing. And I would love to like, just talk with you more about your process on that privately, mm-hmm. because I would, I wish that I was able to do that without keeping tally. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard one. So I, I love that you can do that. Yeah. I, I got to think about how to, how to talk about that one, because <laughs> I think a lot of it is really just kind of how we're, how we're brought up. And, yeah. um, you know, if, if we never feel like we're receiving anything in any way, um, but, um, that, that would take us on a whole other conversation right now. So I would happy, I would be happy to come back. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I, like I said, I want everybody to reach out to you. So I'll put everything in the description. Just um, send that over to me in uh, our chain of conversation and um, I'll send you the episode as soon as it drops in the morning. And I just thank you so much for being on. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.